Oh, thanks. Thanks, 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 thanks. Hey, let's, let's pray for a moment, okay? So Jesus, we thank you uh, that you are the resurrected king. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. And we thank you, Lord, that you have commissioned us, Lord, to take this good news and to spread it all over the world. And so, Father, we just, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came to reveal to the world uh, your great love for us, that you're not counting man's sins against us, but Lord, that we have right relationship with you because you sent your one and only son. And so, Father, I pray that this morning that we would be reminded of this great gift and that, Lord, that those that need to hear, Lord, even for the first time, that, that Jesus is the one that is the way, the truth, and life, that they would hear, Holy Spirit, what it is you're speaking. And for the church, Lord, for us to be reminded again that you are our resurrection and our life, and so that we may proclaim this good news of the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. This is Easter. A time to celebrate. Isn't that good? Well, today what I want to share with you is simply this. is I want to share three, three main ideas uh, in the message, but it really has one point. It's Jesus. But here is what we're going to talk about from this, is that Jesus uh, is our resurrection. That the finished work of the cross was our hope. And out of that was birthed the mission of the good news to go forth. And so I want to talk with you about the resurrection, and I'm going to read from Mark 16. So if you have your Bibles, and I am 40, so I'm not going to read from that today, because <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> it says this in, in Mark chapter 16, 1 through 8, if you want to read along. When the Sabbath had passed, Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, and the mother of Jesus, James, brought spices so they might anoint him, Jesus. The ver and very early on the day of the week, when the sun had risen, and when the tomb, to go to the tomb, and when, they were, uh, and when they were saying to one another, who will roll away this stone that we might enter the tomb? And they looked up and they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was a very large stone. And they entered the tomb and they saw a man sitting in the right side dressed in, white, in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And they said to him, they said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified and is risen. He is not here. See this place where he is laid. But go and tell the disciples and Peter that this is the one who has been risen, he is going to Galilee. Therefore, uh, there you will see him just as, you, as I told you. And they went out of the tomb, trembling, astonished, <clears throat> seized them. And they said nothing to anybody because they were afraid. 
Even the messenger told them to go, they were afraid. They were astonished by what they had just seen, what they had just heard. What I want to do this morning is I want to talk with you about five of these main characters that are mentioned in this passage to help give us an understanding of what it, mean, uh, what it meant for them and what it means for us that this resurrection, this finished work of Christ, that this, this mission of the gospel really means. You know, so we can see in this uh, passage, we see Mary Magdalene. We see Mary, the mother of Jesus. We see the angel who is the messenger of that Jesus is risen. We, saw, we see in this, or we find out about Jesus, and we hear Peter's name mentioned. Well, I want to first start with Mary Magdalene. Because the scriptures say that she was this woman that was, had seven demons that Jesus cast out of. And traditionally speaking, um, they actually scholars think that this is the same one that was the prostitute that uh, Jesus came. She was a prostitute or she was the adulterer that Jesus stumbled upon. And that story picks up in John 8, 3 through 11. And I want to read that. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, This woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question to trap him in order to have the basis of accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground. And with his finger, he he just began to write. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said... Let the one who has uh, no sin cast the first stone. Again, he stooped down, wrote on the ground, and this, and this, those who heard began to go away one by one, the older to the younger, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked the woman, where are your, where, are, where are those who condemn you? No one, she said. Well, neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now go and live a life free of sin. Amen. You, know, you see this woman and she is caught in the very act of adultery. She is caught in the most shameful place. And I always wondered in that story, what happened to the dude? <laughs> you know, he gets scot free. But these religious leaders want to take this woman and she is uh, probably the only way that she can make a living is to prostitute herself. And this religious leaders take her out of, catch her in the act of adultery and they bring her and toss her before Jesus saying to him, ready to trap him, say, hey, Moses says this, that we should stone this woman. And they wanted to, you know, trap Jesus and say, hey, yeah, what do you say about this? And I love that Jesus is, is sitting there for a moment and that he just, he just pauses for a second. And he gets down and he starts doodling in the sand. We don't know if he's playing tic-tac-toe or, you know, what he's doing, but I think he's just waiting on the Father. Because it says that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. And I think in that moment, Jesus was just waiting to hear that. And he gets up and he says, he that has no sin can cast the first stone. Now, I know some people have even said that uh, these men were the men that probably at one time, 
use the service of this woman. We don't know, but that's how some have said. And each of them began to leave. And there this woman is laid bare. Can you imagine being in that place, being trapped, you know, with everything exposed, your sin being exposed? How would you want somebody to treat you in that moment? Here she thought she was literally going to be killed. She was already horrified. And then she sees a man who steps into the moment. And all of a sudden, these accusers start to leave. And I can imagine her fear was there, wondering, is this guy going to be the one that cast the stone that, that takes me out? And he says, look, are you, those who are here, is anybody here to condemn you? And she said, no, sir. He said, good, and neither am I here to condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Now here's the great thing about that is that Jesus is not condemning us in our sin. The Bible says that the world was already condemned. That he came to save this world through his life. And so this is a, one, a, a beautiful picture for us in this understanding of, of Easter, and this understanding of the resurrection, and this understanding of the finished work of Christ, and the understanding of the message of the good news, is that he's not counting our sins against us. You think about that for a moment, whatever sin that has entangled you, whatever thing that has trapped you, there is at, one, at some point, whether it's felt internally or it's, it's shown abroad, there is a shame, there is a bondage, there is something that keeps you in, locked and you know that it's not right, but you don't know how to break free. And you think, is God going to crush me or kill me like the religious leaders often do? No, this Jesus completely says, I condemn you not. Now go and sin no more. And I believe when he said go and sin no more, that he was releasing the grace, the power for her to be able to literally walk in the newness of what Jesus just freed her from. And that's the thing that I think most of us, when we uh, come out of a place of sin, we have to understand that he's given us the power, he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk free, to walk empowered over that thing that once uh, kept us in bondage. Jesus did not condemn her. You know, I love this, that uh, later on we, we see that this Mary Magdalene, uh, if she is the same woman that was one of the prostitute or this woman that was caught in adultery, we, we, we see her coming and at one point she just rushes in and she takes this, this perfume and she busts it upon Jesus' feet and she just weeps with tears and washes his feet with her hair. And the Bible says this, those who have sinned much, those who are in need of forgiveness, they forgive much, they love much. This woman had been freed of something that was so thing that so bound her and she knew that she was free. And she said, God, I give it all to you because you are my Lord. You are my Savior. There is nothing more precious than you but to sit at your feet. Jesus didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sick. But there were people that believed they were righteous. They did. And there's some people in the church today that think they're righteous. And they were only righteous through Jesus and Jesus alone. There's no other way. 
except the way of Christ. So we saw Mary of Magdalene. Now we see Mary, the mother of Jesus. Can you imagine, here is Mary, the one who, uh, at this young age, this angel, Gabriel, announces to her, you're highly favored upon all women. God has sought you out. You are going to bear the Christ. Now, did she have full understanding of that? No. And this is the good news. When you look through the gospel, these the mother and the disciples and those around him didn't stink and have a clue to really who he was. You know what that does for me? It gives me hope. Because in our Christian walk, we're discovering Jesus along the way. Oh, you are this majestic king. You are the one who takes away my sin. You are the one that frees me. You are Lord. Because sometimes we forget. And so here, Mary, though, is... Uh, I can only imagine that, that as she was standing at the foot of the cross that day and, and her son was being crucified and she thought, is this what the promise was? And then she's going with Mary Magdalene, the one that the demons were cast out and they saw all this authority, they saw all this power and yet their Savior, the Messiah, the, their Lord, her son is, is dead. And so they did what anybody in that culture would do as the women were coming to anoint his body and they find that the tomb has been rolled away. But she had carried these promises in her heart and I can only imagine that day that it made sense. That promise had to die so we all could live. And you see Mary as one who we could call a righteous one but she needed a savior just as much as we all. Then we see this messenger who tells us uh, to not seek the, the grave, but that Jesus is risen. Now go and proclaim this message to the other disciples. And he said, and, and also Peter. Now I love this because he said the disciples and Peter. Well, here's the deal. We know Jesus called Peter and he was a disciple. He was one of the three he hung out with Jesus. He was the, the guy, I think he was as close to Jesus as anybody. You know, he was a fisherman that Jesus called and said, you will be a fisher of men. You know, he was the first one that had the revelation that this is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then immediately gets rebuked by Jesus because he says, no, you can't go to the cross and die. He said, get behind me, Satan. You have only the, the things of men. So here's this thing, even Peter, he, he has an opportunity and he steps out upon a water and walks on water towards Jesus. He walks in the supernatural realm of God's grace. You know, he tried to take on the entire Roman army by himself by pulling out his sword and cutting the guy's ear off. No, you're not going to take my Lord. I mean, this is, this is who Peter is. You know, he became once that was so ready. It's God, I'll never deny you. I'll be there right beside you. This Peter now becomes a coward and denies Christ and runs away. What I love about this part of the story is that there's hope for the disciples. There's hope for those of you that have once believed but walked away for whatever reason. And the angel says, don't forget about Peter. Because he knew that Jesus would come to Peter and that Jesus would eventually restore him. This is good news for this. Then we see Jesus. 
Again, no one understanding quite what he came to do. It's funny, as you read through the Gospels, the ones that knew him best were the demons. I mean, they're crying out, this is the Son of God, the one most high. He's telling them to shut up. The demons knew him, but his disciples didn't. Isn't that funny? It's kind of sad, isn't it? Too, Jesus misunderstood the crucified Messiah. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The one who came to save, but looked like he was defeated. He brought an upside down kingdom to look completely different. He conquered a greater army than Rome. He delivered a greater freedom over principalities and powers of darkness, and he broke the power of sin, shame, hell, and he brought life and resurrection to all who would come and receive him. He turned the world upside down. But he had to look like a fool on a cross, dying for the remission of our sins. But now, this day, we celebrate a day of resurrection. So what, what do we make? What, what, what is the outcome of this resurrection? Well, like I've said, it's our sins have been dealt with and we are declared righteous. Do you really believe this? That your sins have been dealt with? That you really are righteous? That you really are holy? That you are pure? That that stain that sin that you had that, that was like the Bible talks about this crimson red stain that nothing could get it out. I mean, you couldn't shout it out. You couldn't tide it out. You could only Jesus it out. You know, that's how our lives are. We needed the cross. We needed the Savior to come to take away this sin and, and to make us white as wool, as the scripture says, to make us clear, to make us pure as the snow. But it's only him who can do this. So this is our hope. The good news, we celebrate that Christ died. Sin has lost its grip upon us. Christ has died. He has risen. Death is conquered. He says this, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That he's the resurrection and life for you? Do you believe it though in the midst of temptation or, or the midst of trials or the midst of pain or the midst of when everything seems to be going wrong in your life? We're all challenged to be like Peter, be a coward and run away when times get hard. But I love that, that Jesus doesn't even forget about Peter. And he's not going to forget about you in those moments either. So remember the, that he has, he has totally redeemed you. He has made us sons and daughters. We're no longer slaves to sin, but we're slaves to righteousness. We become free. And finally, well not finally, but secondly, uh, looking at it is finished. When Jesus is on the cross, he declares, it is finished. What's forgiveness? Our sins are forgiven. We are no longer slaves to the sin, but we are righteous. We have peace and relationship with God. 
What Jesus set out to do on the cross was finished. His mission when he came and become incarnate upon this earth as a baby in a manger, walked 33 years on this earth, and now his ministry is complete. He did what the Father told him to do, and through his obedience, now many sons and daughters can come into right relationship. It's finished. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, he meant it was finished in the past, it is still finished in the present, and it will remain finished in the future. This is good news. Your sins are not counted against you from your past, your present, or your future. Yeah. Let's get this deep within you because here's the thing that gives you life. When we blow, we messed up, we have an advocate. We have one who stands in the heavens and he is our great high priest. He understands the temptations. And what does he do? He's interceding on our behalf. Don't worry. God's not mad at you. He's forgiven you. He loves you. Let that sink deep in, guys. If the disciples didn't get this, and it took them a while to get it, it's going to take you a while to get this. It takes me a while to get this. I have to constantly remind myself, my sins are forgiven. God, you're not angry at me. You love me. I'm a son. But that enemy will come and he'll whisper, won't he? He's like a, a lion that roams around, man, seeking whom he may devour. But here's the deal is that, that Jesus took that blow upon that enemy and he has no teeth. He'll just gum you to death. But I'll tell you, he'll do his best. And now because it is finished and he is risen and he has risen, the mission of the good news has begun. So we see this resurrection, we see this finished work, and now we see because of this finished work, we see the mission of this good news has now begun. And I'm going to read this out of Mark 16, the, 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 the last part of the, the verse. Oh, the pastor, sorry. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned because they already are condemned and there's no way to the Father except through Jesus. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes and... Uh, and scorpions, which we'll do that later. Um, <laughs> but it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick and they shall recover or they shall may be made well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken this to them, he was taken up. He ascended into heaven and he sat at the right hand of the Father. And as he sits at the right hand of the Father, we sit at the right hand of the Father in him. Because it was, we were in Christ in his death. And we were in Christ in his resurrection. And we are in Christ as we are seated in heavenly places. As he was taken up, he said, then, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them. This is amazing. He, he, the Lord works with us. He partners with us. And he confirmed his word with signs accompanying them. As disciples, 
We have now been commissioned in the mission of the good news of Jesus. It's not only in the proclamation, but it's in the very demonstration and reality of that good news. And let me share just a testimony of what that looks like maybe in in our lives. You know, I'm a father and I have six kids and my wife was gone this last week, had a, needed a vacation. Uh, She, you know, bearing triplets and all, that's that's a pretty big deal. And she had had a vacation, I don't think ever. So she went to stare at the Grand Canyon and rocks and had a great time. Why I suffered with the kids, no. Now, I was glad to serve my wife in that, but, you know, it, it is definitely hard. Women, you do, I mean, you guys are amazing. Thank you, God, for, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, we need to think of them. So I took the kids out, and, you know, even, we took the kids out to a restaurant. And uh, so we went to TGI Fridays. That's one of the, my kids' favorite places to go. And as we were there, we walked in, and one of the waitresses uh, had seen us before, because Tyler actually prayed for her. And so she came over and just hugged us and said hi. And, and, and Tyler wanted to ask her, hey, did, did, did something change? But she was busy and had to move on. So our waitress that was there, um, her name was Michaela. And Michaela was waiting on us, doing a great job. She was so patient <laughs> with all my kids. And she just loved and served on us. And here at the end, I thought, you know, how can we best serve her? And so I just began just to play, take this time and said, Lord, what, what are you doing? Is there something that you have for her? Now, here's the thing. What I always find amazing is that Jesus is always going to cause us to step out of the boat and out of the water. That faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You've got to take a risk. And so I stepped out and what I thought of might have been a word of knowledge, actually two, and guess what? I completely bombed it. I mean, I was sinking in this moment of, hey, do you have this problem with your shoulder and your knees? And she's like, no, why did you ask me this? And I could feel the sinking for a moment, but I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa Jesus, <laughs> I'll look to you again. And start walking. I said, well, let me ask you this. If, do you have any pain anywhere in your body? She said, not at the moment, but I suffer under severe migraine headaches. I mean, they're debilitating. Like these happen two to three times a day. And I said, well, hey, listen, I'm a Christian and I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask Jesus to give you a sign in your body that he's healed you of this thing. Is that okay? She looks at me like, what does she have to lose? So I take her hand. I say, Holy Spirit, come. And I'll tell you what, the most sweetest thing that you could see is this, 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 this waitress just stands there. She just closes her eyes and she's oblivious to anything around her. Because the presence of God comes so tangibly near her. So much so that literally her body begins to shake and is so almost overwhelmed that she almost faints. There Tyler jumps up to try to catch her, you know. And then she pops out. She goes, what just happened to me? Well, I said, I told you that I was going to ask Jesus for a sign. I think I got a sign, you know. She goes, I feel hot over my body. Something, she said, I felt something leave my body. I said, well, I think Jesus just brought his love and he brought deliverance of healing for you. And I said this simply to her, and I know we use this out of context, but it's great for, you know, just being able to help us to uh, talk to somebody and give them an analogy, give them an understanding of what it means to enter into a relationship with Christ. So I just simply said to Michaela, I said, Michaela, if, if Jesus was standing right before you and he was knocking at the door of your heart, 
Would you ignore that knock or would you answer it? And with tears in her eyes, she said, oh, I would answer that knock. I said, Michaela, do you want to receive Christ? Yes. And there she does. She receives Jesus. She comes, she confesses her, her need for Christ, asking for the forgiveness of her sins. And we pray for the Holy Spirit just to come and the power and the presence of God comes once again so strong on her. She doesn't know what to do. She's filled with tears and she runs to the back. <laughs> so remember I told you that the lady, the, our other waitress, her name was Ashlyn, that who Tyler had prayed for. She comes over because as, as Michaela is running towards the kitchen, she goes, what just happened to you? I see you're crying. She goes, that man just saved me. That man just saved me. <laughs> now, of course, I didn't save her. But that's, she didn't know. She, all she knew is she got saved. Something happened. She got delivered. <laughs> so Ashlyn's here investigating. <laughs> what is this? And I said, Ashlyn, I said, listen, what she meant by I just saved her is that Jesus just saved her and delivered her. You know that she has migraine headache? Yes, I know that she has. It's, it's debilitating. <laughs> and she said, that's just, I said, but we prayed and the Holy Spirit came upon her and she gave her life to, she gave her life to Jesus? I said, yes, yeah, she gave her life. And she began to cry. She came to Christ. I mean, she is so excited about this that her friend, her coworker, who she knew was not close to God, had now become a believer. And I looked at her and I said, I commission you to disciple her. <laughs> she needs to find out how to follow Jesus, right? She said, okay, I'll do it. Then Tyler says, hey, 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 what about your back? She says, well, my back's better, but I still have some issues. Now, What's interesting is Tyler told me uh, last time that we were there, he said, Daddy, I, I really don't think it was done completely. I felt like I was supposed to have her sit down that maybe one of her, her, her um, whole body was just out of contortion that she had, you know, uh, uh, maybe a leg shorter than the other or something. But I, I knew I needed to do something else, but I didn't know how to do it. And so I, I talked to him and I walked him through. The next time you're in a situation like this, this is how you do it. And so... As we, I said, hey, well, let me ask you. I said, do you go to the chiropractor? She said, yes. I said, do you know if you are out of alignment? She goes, oh, yes. I said, well, how long does that usually take? About 15, 20 minutes. I said, really? Okay. And then Tyler goes, hey, can we try something? <laughs> okay, sure. So she sits down, and to our amazement and her amazement, there's about a two-inch difference. I mean, it's undeniable. She's looking, yep, that's pretty much what it's like when I go to the chiropractor. And Tyler was like, well, you want to see something? <laughs> sure. She closes her eyes. I said, no, 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 keep it open. You got to watch this. <laughs> It'll be good, I promise. And as Tyler said, come, Holy Spirit. And that leg, in a second, shot out. She goes, what just happened? This is Jesus meeting you where you're at and brings healing. Now, because of that, another waitress comes over, and she wants prayer. Then the hostess comes over, and she wants prayer. And then I'm seeing the rest of the time with my family, and like I have two waitresses sitting down at the next table, not doing work because the presence of God is so thick and heavy in the room. Yes. 
About that time, uh, Michaela came back. She was, she's still wiping her ears. She cries, and she's, I, don't, I, I had to go to the back. I'm so sorry I ran, but I had to call my mom and tell her what happened to me. Because she experienced the risen Christ. She experienced the finished work of Christ. She experienced the good news of the gospel. Guys, this is what we're called to do. Wherever you go, it may not be that dramatic or it may be more dramatic at times. Listen, we are just to put Jesus on display. He is the risen king. He is the joy of our life. He is salvation. And there is no other way for men to come into right relationship other than Jesus. So we're not to be ashamed of the cross. We're not to be ashamed of proclaiming Jesus. We're simply to just be Jesus wherever we go. This is the hope that we have. Amen. That's something to clap about. So Romans 1.8 says this. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Boy, he makes it pretty simple, doesn't he? If you'll just confess if you believe in your heart, you'll be saved, just like Michaela. So I just want to, to leave us with, with this. I want you to be, just, in fact, just close your eyes for a moment, if you don't mind. And just what I say, I just wanted to wash over you and just to sink in for just a second. In fact, I, I just want just put your hand on your heart for a second and just say, Jesus, you are my resurrection. Thank you for the finished work of the cross. And Jesus, would you empower me to take this mission of the good news out? Now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that, Lord, this message, Lord, you, the, the, you are the risen message. You are the message. Lord, let it just hit into our hearts and our minds that, Jesus, that you come alive again in us. Lord, for the, those that have just feel like they are so trenched in sin and bondage, Jesus, you have freedom for them. Lord, for the disciples that have just kind of wandered away or just you got salvation and hope for them. In fact, you, 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 what you did to Peter is you called them back in and you said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter couldn't answer other than you know that I don't. And he said, go and feed my sheep. He recommissioned him in this place from the love. See, it takes God to love God and it takes God to do the things of God. Man can't do it alone. Let's stand. The worship team can come back for a moment. I pray that um, as we go back into a time of worship, that these, these words of that he's the resurrection and that he has finished everything needed and that now we have a good news to share, that that would permeate into your, your mindset, into your heart, 
and that it would do something to your feet and would cause you to go out with a declaration that he's risen. It's finished. It's good news to all who will believe. And so as in this moment, what I want to do is I want to give a time for uh, you to respond in any way that you want to respond. We're going to have a ministry team that's going to come up as we go into worship. And there are some of you here that, you know what, you're, you're in that place and you feel like you are just caught in the midst of sin. And you're scared to be vulnerable. You're scared to be able to say what, you, what people might think or whatever. Will they condemn me? And I say, no. Jesus will not condemn you and nor will his church. But he wants to free you and to bring you into relationship. There's some of you that are like Peter that just walked away, got just frustrated or got disillusioned by religion. See, Jesus is not the teacher of the law. He's the teacher of grace. And he wants to extend grace to you and he wants to restore you. And so I just want to invite anybody at, at, any, at this point that if you need Jesus in your heart, man, just confess with your mouth and believe him and go tell somebody. If you need prayer because you just need someone just that you, where you need to confess your, your sin because the Bible says if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he's also faithful and just to heal us. And so we want to open up this time and for us to be able to be the body to one another, to pray for one another and end in the celebration of what Jesus has done. He's our risen king. It is finished. We have the good news of this gospel message. Amen.